Uh, I'm a guy. I'm clearly a guy. Like, well, yeah, it's Arsenio Hall. Like, make it, this is like a trans joke, isn't it? This is transphobic, right? Is, isn't this? Uh, yeah, probably. You know, I mean, right? Whatever. I mean, it's you know, it's what it is. I guess it is what it is. <laughs> All right, you ready to roll? Yeah. Okay, let's start the show with this catchy tune. Smooth fade down right there. <clears throat> Welcome to the podcast. I am Keith Pazel. Yeah. This is the show. Tell you what, it, it, it gets me going. It, it gets the thought process happening. Yeah. It, it's a, it primes me. I like it. Well, we've had about 30 minutes of movie watching time yeah. to get primed, too. Exactly. So. Exactly. We're prepped. We're prepped. You know. Got a good taco. We're prepped during the Taco Bell commercial. That's always exactly. a good thing to be. Exactly. Got a commercial going, but we, we, we got a, a movie. Keith, you texted me. Yeah, I had a whole plan. Yeah, I was like, "Coming to America" is on on VH1. TV, nice classic TV edit. Do you remember the TV edit? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I I like it. There's something refreshing about it. You know, (laughs) right? This is how I watch TV. You're restrained. You You need to be tethered by something at some point. Exactly. Otherwise, you're just constantly following your. You lack impulse control. It just feeds into the short attention span society we live in. Yeah. And that's what we're here for, for the to bring you back to the '90s, <laughs> to bring you back to normal. <laughs> when you, yeah, we're going to be your lodestar. We're the helmsman back to normalcy. Back when if you, that's a word. When you needed stuff to be edited for time, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and the edit, that point in the movie, had to be kind of a bit of a cliffhanger. You had to be somewhat interested. They always had to end it at the right time. Yeah. You so know, we're watching. In. We're watching Coming to America. It's on. Uh, we're gonna. You suggested that, and I was like, "Yes, it's a good idea." We're gonna do the show a little I earlier think we've today. We've talked about it, and I don't think we've ever actually had it on the screen and watched it. But it's an interesting movie because, like I said before, we started officially recording this movie and The Golden Child. Really, is Eddie Murphy run amok? Like it's truly the beginning. Oh, oh yeah, when he's starting to lose, like, uh, yeah. yeah, when he yeah. lost touch, and when they let him do whatever the fuck he wanted. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting because again, I, I remember Eddie Murphy when he first hit on SNL, and I, I mean, it was like, I mean, it was it was a comedic force. He was a comedic force. Well, and he was like, 12. I mean, you notice he was nineteen years old. So yeah. I mean, he was. I mean, and he was amazing. He was a true star immediately. You know, I'm sure. He pierced the joke it. of the Paisel boy household was how many pubic hairs he had at that point. <laughs> he's got a, you know, a bare sack there. And he's on TV. What do you and, think and, of that? And they Bad? star. I mean, a force on TV, like a noticeable personality. Like you knew Eddie Murphy. I mean, I remember watching, I mean, that Velvet Jones, that character. I mean, I love them. So when he, when he did, uh, when he did 48 hours, it was, he had a string, 48 hours trading places. Then of course, Beverly Hills Cop is one. That was the true, like, I am now a mega, I'm He became new. like a sex symbol. You know? Oh, oh no. That I mean, it, it was like, he was, and then he was doing music with Rick James. Blew up the letter jacket. And, and that pretty much, 
Though he had that first, put the, those first put the Detroit Lions on the map probably for about two months. <laughs> no, you know who did that back in the mid '80s? Guy by the name of Billy Sims. So uh, no, Billy Sims actually blew his knee in Minnesota in 1984 on the Hubert H. Hubert H. Humphrey Dome uh, surface. Many a career who the fuck was is ended. Billy Sims. Oh, he's a Billy, Viking. Uh, oh no, no, he, no, he was a, a Detroit Lion running back. Uh, who's great? Who's great? <laughs> we, should, we, gotta, we gotta hear something. Oh yeah, here we go. Yeah, this is good. Okay, this is good. This is Arsenio Hall playing the preacher. Because again, the, the plot lines. Yeah. Don't you know <laughs> when I look at these contestants for the Miss Black Awareness pageant? I feel <laughs> That's also when you know how powerful Eddie Murphy was. Because let's be honest, no one's given Arsenio Hall a chance like this. I know. I know. Outside yeah. of yeah, this is my friend Arsenio Hall. Yeah. You know there's a god who sits on. Those are '80s thongs. The yeah, high, absolutely. whale tail. Yeah, I always yeah. thought those were weird, even in the '90s. That was yeah. sign. Anytime I saw those, I'm like, "This is a Playboy from 1982." <laughs> so really, what didn't turn you on? Yeah, because for me, it was like, "Whoa, man!" Like it was early. <laughs> you just knew there was going to be a little shrubbery peeking out of the side. Oh well, there. of course, you know. <laughs> or you would see the little individual hairs puffing out the front of her, the bathing. The suit. razor burn. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie Murphy's every per- everybody in the audience. Early CGI. <laughs> they just dressed up Murphy. <laughs> it's Black Week. Oh, I, th- I didn't see the awareness in the middle. I thought it just said Black Week. No, it said Black Awareness. <laughs> but then Black Awareness is also pretty funny. <laughs> well, that, that would be or just Black Week. That you all know is Joe the Policeman. Do you know what the thing from about the what's going down episode? <laughs> the thing about scenes like this, though, is this has been copied so many times that it ruins seeing this one. Yeah, yeah. Where you're like, I get like, it. Yeah, he's gonna do the run on sentence yeah. thing. Yeah, but it's still great. Yeah, you're right though, because yeah, yeah. This was a uh, you know, this was new. This was a. <laughs> Isn't this actually like that's a guy, right? Or is, oh no, that's Eddie Murphy. I guess Eddie Murphy. Yeah, it's Eddie Murphy. And again, this is another Eddie Murphy run amok yeah. thing. He's, he's gonna a, he's sing. a singer. He's a singer. Yeah, he's exactly. gonna sing. I think I've told. He's gonna sing. He's gonna talk about how big or not small his dick is. Yeah. Either way he goes, he just wants you to know. Th- th- that's his line from from Forty Eight Hours. Mine should be bronze. And there's that, that a, was, like, a big laugh. And the there's theater. a line from. Uh, Golden Child, where he goes to Tibet and one of the villagers is like selling shit on the way to the temple. <laughs> temple, of exactly. Because I'm sure that's the way it is. And he it's just like tra- walking down Fourth Street, you know, whatever, in some you know corner in New York. And he and the guy goes, you know, it's for your yin yang. He tries to sell uh, him some like herbs, and he just goes, "Ain't nothing wrong with my yang." Oh, and I was like, man. there it was. Yeah. There's the Eddie Murphy. Yep. Yep. My dick works perfectly fine. <laughs> also, he's going to fuck the girl. Yeah, yeah, it's going like, to happen. Even if yeah. it's not... In Golden Child, he's trying to save the kid, and this girl is also, like, is just along for the ride. And then, all of a sudden, they fuck. <laughs> all of a sudden. It comes out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Absolutely. What, what was that again? What, 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 that was, uh, That's the Golden Child. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because there was that kind of be- uh, very pretty. She was very exotic for the mid '80s, late '80s. You know, is that Whitney Houston was, in the middle? <laughs> she was like supposed to be from Nepal, exactly. But I know, I don't know. That's and then he's see. also going to make fun of an accent at some point. Yeah, that boy got talent. That's got to be Murphy there too. With it, yeah. Oh yeah, they're all Murphy. 
Did <laughs> you do something? It was like a totally sexual song, I think, for a church event. I think. Also, I feel like nothing got edited out of this movie. There was no editing. <laughs> it was just allowed. They just let it go. Yeah. We're gonna do the entire Randy Watson. Well, song. I'm sure you know something. They probably were also told get the movie out to market. You know. Okay, edit it enough to make it a movie, but you don't have to be that special. <laughs> I love get that, it out that, there. That almost sounds like a nursery rhyme. <laughs> Get it out to market. Get yeah, it out to France. <laughs> you got to get, get it out, it out the before your underpants. <laughs> you got to get it out to market. We got a hot commodity here. We're going to make a lot of money. Yeah. I remember Yeah, he was interviewed in this the pro- Playboy at that the time. The problem with this for me, just as an adult, the second he lands in America, he no longer looks foreign. <laughs> He just looks like a guy from New York. <laughs> well, they cut his hair. They gave him a haircut in that and scene then, we saw. But maybe at the time, was it supposed to be like a Borat? Like, this is clearly Eddie Murphy pretending. Or was he trying to be like a fucking... <clears throat> what's the <laughs> what's the movie where Robin Williams is Russian? Oh, oh, oh Moscow Mos- on the Hudson? Was this his Moscow on the Hudson? Uh, I think it had elements of that. You know, the hints, wafts of that. Right, wafts. You know? You know? I think this was supposed to be a different uh, actor, the actress, this uh, woman who was playing. I think it was supposed to be a name, but I think Murphy, the rumor is that- He didn't like the bitch, probably. Well, and also I think he- I think oh, he, he likes her? the beds, the win- I, I, I'm sure. You I'm think sure he and he... Brigitte Nielsen and, and Beverly Hills Cop too? You think they had sex? Brigitte Nielsen and Eddie Murphy? Yes. At the, oh, they that had was sex. Me Too Central. You know? Oh, absolutely. I'm sure. Probably was in you know? the contract. Just oh, like, you know, at some required. point- Yeah. Eddie's going to do things. <laughs> that whole weird element. <laughs> His entire stack of money. <laughs> but, th- but then that guy, uh, the Eric LaSalle character from ER takes. Uh... I like how his money's cleaner than everybody's too. <laughs> got dirty Harlem fucking cash in that basket. I, I always liked that. Jo- uh, Dwayne Kennedy had a great joke. Dwayne Kennedy had a great joke just about. Uh, you know, that we were kings back in Africa. That's always been kind of a rallying cry, you know, for like militants. We were kings. You know, you know not everyone was a king in Africa. Yeah. You know, he's like, someone had to sweep up after the, after, <laughs> after the lions. Yeah, there were janitors. You know, it was just like, it was There's like that, janitors know. in the palace. Yeah. You- <laughs> so another, I was going over coming to America facts. That was a Wendy's. In Harlem, they just dressed up a Wendy's wow. as McDowell's. Yeah, well, I'm sure Wendy's got a little, got a few bucks. Look at that snow. Oh, I mean, you th- can't th- fake th- that. Th- 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 that is that's there's good, a, like late February snow. There's dead animals. Yeah, under that yeah. Snow. There's a bunch of cigarette butts. I used to hate that when it would finally melt, and you'd see it was like a police, just, yeah. like a police yellow tape line for a body. It was like the swath of just like cigarette butts and and bottle caps and there'd Teeth. be like dog shit in there, and stuff. it was gross. It was horrific. Pieces you know? of human jaws. Yeah, I mean. It was, <laughs> I mean, it'd be chicken bones in there and stuff. I mean, it was horrible, you know. Half dogs, oh, just so a dirty torso of a dog. <laughs> I, 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 quick story, you got me going off on a tangent. Go for it. You that's know, what I, this I, is I, for. This is, uh, you know, that's what the whole show is for. Which is good. I like the plot line. Um, yeah, it, <laughs> is uh, when I was in uh, grad school, I had to do a tour of a Cook County Hospital. I think I've talked about that before on the show. And uh, for healthcare for the poor, that was the name of the class at the University of Chicago. So we went to Cook County Healthcare, and we entered through the emergency room, you know. And there was no one actually, there wasn't an emergency going on, otherwise we wouldn't have gone through at that time. But it was crazy. And just go, we did a good, thorough, like three or four hour tour 
of Cook County. A three-hour tour. I wish I had Gilligan's Island <laughs> fucking ready to go. But it was uh, it was just an interesting uh, experience seeing that, you know. And the, the the doctor who gave us a tour, the first thing he had to do when he worked at Cook County in 1975, this was 1999. He'd been there for 24 years. He said the first thing he had to do was he had to uh, declare a femur dead. That someone brought in a leg, basically. Like a dead bone? Yeah, he was like, and he said, yeah, this human being is dead. He had to put a tag on it. Like, he, had to, he had to count the dead. That was, part of the, that was part of the job, you know, because a lot of people die and go unclaimed and shit, and you have to kind of be aware. You got to keep a head Whoa. count. You got to keep tabs on that because, frankly, it's a public health concern, you know? But it just uh, takes it. Licks a little, <laughs> licks a little bit of marrow, and he's just like, "Yeah, I think no, this that's, person's dead. That's on its way out." <laughs> he had like declare it dead. Yeah, it was crazy. Can I hang on to this? <laughs> but we, I had to do a tour. They still had World War One vintage wheelchairs, like wood. These old rickety, rickety old wood. It, it was deemed antiquated in the 1930s, and it was still functioning in 1999. They, they, they built Stroger Hospital. That was something that Daly did that was an accomplishment that was good. They need to have a, had a new public hospital in the city, and they got it. And so, you know. Gun, as, the, as it was colloquially called when I was a kid, gunshot Stroger. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you get some, yeah. I'm sure you get some bad cases there. Well, oh yeah, but the trauma people. I mean, I mean, the emergency room people. I mean, they they usually have about five to seven surgeons. Like it's like on a Friday or well, Saturday night. And since it was working. a trauma hospital, <laughs> it's the only hospital that's really open. It's accepting people. So yeah, there are some people that like like Todd Massey. Yeah, friend of the show, friend of ours, comedian in Chicago. Yeah. He got f- all fucked up on acid at a at a fucking <laughs> Ween concert. No, it was Grateful Dead with the lead singer of fucking uh, of Fish Juvenile doing Jerry Garcia stuff. Thing to do, man. So it's he, great. I love he it. He flips out on acid and gets fucking. They have to like f- they take you to the hospital when you're fucking. Oh yeah, yeah, psychotic a, yeah, on LSD. Psychotic incident. Yeah. And they had to take him to Stroger Hospital because it was the only hospital open by Soldier oh, Field. Man. It's right there. Well, yeah, yeah, it's relatively close. It's in the west side of the city, you know. So, I mean, they needed to do that. But it was, I mean, they had people, like, there were people, like, in the hallway on stretchers and shit. Like, they were, do- I mean, it was, they were at max capacity. And it wasn't even, like, a particularly it's rough like time. Vietnam. Well, well, that's what they, I think we it's talked about It's almost like before. 2020. Uh, that's what we talked about before was uh, uh, the trauma surgeons at Cook County went to Vietnam to do the initial training for the physicians that were working there because they had seen so many gunshot wounds, they kind of knew how to deal with it. And a lot of these surgeons had no, like 1965, 66. I just Chicago imagine these poor doctors having to teach Kevin Dillon type motherfuckers from like fucking platoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. like, look at the brains they had have fallen out. <laughs> Why do we want to save them? <laughs> Kevin Dillon from platoon. I remember thinking platoon was deep when I was young. I've watched it recently. I don't think it's aged particularly well. No, it's pretty aggressive. You know, it doesn't seem it just seems like a outlandish experience of like here. Here's one aspect of the war, but it's the whole war for my movie. Uh, I mean, platoon like they, versus they make it seem like every soldier was fucking sucking back on Marlboro Reds <laughs> and fucking had a playboy under their arm and was like, you know, had all these funny racial names for the <laughs> black friends like yeah. war was probably kind of boring. You know, well, they were probably reading DC comics. <laughs> you know, Some people, a lot of people probably kept to themselves, you know, but, but, you know, it's funny. I asked my 
one of my one of my stepfathers when he fought in the Second World War. I said, well, what was it like? Because he, he did the island hopping, like the island war. I was like, did you ever have any time to really like chill out and lay, you know, kick back? He's like, no, no. We, there was no chill time. We were yeah. invading island after. I mean, you know, we talk about the major islands. It was like hundreds of islands that were invaded, you know. They just basically went in and just, you know, and, and, and muscled them out, you know, which is, God, ugh, what, what a fucking time to be alive. My favorite part about running what a everything time to be alive. is I don't have to turn to look at you. It's. <laughs> I don't want to even see your face. You disgust me. I see your face twice, Crocious. <laughs> I see it in the preview screen and the roll screen. So, good to I see, see you. Keith. What's going good on, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> it's going well, man. But the, so yeah. yeah, he had to go to Stroger. That was crazy. I, I, I'm sure. I also had to go to like with also it was Cook County Hospital. There were six other other satellite uh, smaller smaller facilities. Here's a glimpse of him being foreign, real quick. It's nice to meet you, Akeem. I have recently been placed in charge of garbage. That's good to know. That's another thing that, like, I am in charge of receptacle repair. Well, um, I have to get back to my sanitation duties. Maybe we'll have a chance to get You know, it's interesting because one of the things I liked about him when he first started doing stand up is he had that capacity to sort of be, even though he was so cocky, he could still be kind of vulnerable at certain moments. He was still trying to be kind of vulnerable at that moment, but you know something? He had gotten too big. The authenticity of it kind of was lost. He would always talk about his fucking stepdad and about how his (laughs) parents were murdered before (laughs) his eyes and shit. I mean, (laughs) and then then he dropped some F's on you. Well, he was some FGs. I think he I some mean, hard FGs. I think he grew up in like lower middle class. He wasn't truly dirt poor, right? But he was, uh, you know, they were scuffling. Well, they from scuffling. what from what I gather, the guy that took over after his dad was murdered was like a good guy. Like he was drunk, and I think might have smacked him around a little bit. But yeah. I think he had like a good job and provided for the Murphys. Well, yeah, I think. Uh uh, isn't that who Eddie Murphy kind of refers to as his real father? Like, yeah, that's I mean, his. Yeah. And whenever he like tells the stories about that, whatever he too. calls him, something Bill Bernard Bernard Bill or yeah. something like that. Yep, was like his stepdad yeah. or whatever. Uh, quick f- uh, stuff. I go over some. So yeah. I guess the legend is Eddie Murphy was the fucking worst on this movie. Yeah, the <laughs> look at Louis Anderson getting a fucking. Check. Yeah, dude. He Samuel looks like Jackson's. The, in he this? looks like the character. F- from life, the cartoon Life from Louie in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, my dad, <laughs> I'm going to repress my homosexuality. <laughs> yeah, I think he I think he might Come, even wrestle a bit with I'd pedophilia. I'd cuddle with my openers. You know, yeah, yeah. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> they do it voluntarily. Look at that look. He's like a slick dude, like trying to look like a slick dude in the late 80s. And he's obviously trying to set her up. And he, you know, she's, yeah, he's gets up. I like this. She's got a bit of her own backbone. You know, they do some character development with her. She's not just a complete floozy. No, you she's know, she good. stands up for herself. Because obviously, you know, John Amos is trying to set, set him, you know, set her up. Well, and he thinks yeah. he's a solid guy. And you they know? clearly set up that she only likes him because the dad. Of just like, yeah, but that's still kind of the time where if this was in 2000, the plot would be how she hates the dad for trying to make her marry. Well, I mean, I think that but th- that actually comes up in this. It comes up in this. You yeah, know? but it's in not a as, somewhat organic. It's one fashion. little blow off that Garfield on the wall is like a symbol. <laughs> that thing was hot when I was a kid. Oh, oh that's oh, man. Yeah, I, I, well, I'm looking down right there. Could you hear it in my voice? Right, mom I, had a because you know, I mean, as you and know, as you know, you go up a notch a lot. There's some times, Keith, though, you go down a notch. 
when I heard that you went down. I didn't say I liked it. I just said it was there. My mom had <laughs> one in shit, our Oldsmobile. Oh, man. Yeah, that'd be a classic place for it. Classic place for it. Yeah, dude. The dashboard in the Sense. Oldsmobile was kind of like the setup. It was set in deep. <laughs> yes. And then the screen was back. <laughs> and I remember being blown away that it had a digital speedometer that you'd see the one, two, three, four. And I would be yeah. like, holy fuck. How does it know? Yeah, that, that, that still blows me away. <laughs> that, that's still cutting edge technology to my mind. Dude, that's you know? when I knew I was stupid. When I was in a sophomore in high school, we had this engineer come and he explained to us how traffic lights work. And he set it up where he had the traffic patterns and then he basically wanted us to problem solve and have him suggest that like what does this look like to you like how would and someone in the class guessed it and the teacher made it the the student that guessed it right and the teacher connected so deep and i just didn't get it because he was just like look at the logic here this is i'm so impressed look at look at how we got this and i'm just like i don't see what you're doing like you're doing wow. the work before me on the board and i don't understand what the fuck you're talking about wow i think i'm a stupid kid what, what, what grade was that sophomore 10th grade oh okay okay and for what class again it was a, a, for english class but oh, this engineer oh. came to just talk and he was it and here's how he knew he was underestimating the fucking class he was in he was asking people what they wanted to do after high school. And I was like, oh, I want to go to college. And uh, he was like, where? And I go, oh, Columbia. But I meant Columbia College. Yeah, yeah. In, in a, Chicago, which is yeah. like the radio broadcasting school. Exactly, exactly. And he thought I meant Columbia yeah, yeah, the University. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he just goes, oh, that's a great school. And I remember that hyped me up for like 30 minutes. And then I remember being like, oh, he thinks I meant like the smart. Columbia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a funny scene. This dialogue here. It's about he's talking about Monday Night Football. Trying to bond with him. Oh yeah. Kid the, the, say it one time. Yeah. I'm just gonna tell you this one time. Yes. You wanna keep working here. Stay off the drugs. <laughs> because he's so foreign that he seems intoxicated. <laughs> uh, well his analysis of the football game and how he described it was so uh awkward, you know, and so analytical. That it was like, uh, he just dismissed them. He must be on drugs. Are we coming up on the robbery? Uh, it's coming up in the next probably 15 minutes. Th that's where he like, that. that's where he gets like a, a, her respect by doing a physical thing. Like she sort of notices him a little bit more, you know? And he stays janitor. Because it's it, it's Samuel Jackson. It's when Samuel Jackson was playing crackheads. And he maintains you know? his job. He does it with the mop. He maintains janitorial <laughs> stance the <Yeah>. whole time. <laughs> he doesn't break away. He does it with the mop. She's yep. bopping around. She's sitting on dong the whole movie. Every dude that walks in. Yeah, she's That's she's, another trope I feel like is the horned up. Yeah, best younger friend. sister. Well, as your younger sister. Yeah. Exactly. Or, or best friend. Yeah. It could be like, like you know, you know, I never saw house party. I never saw one house party. That must have been a thing on a house party. Yeah. Oh, dude, uh house party was on before this started. <laughs> I was confused because the movie had three minutes left. And they were having this big emotional scene where I was like, how is there only three minutes left in this movie? Yeah. There need, there's obviously more left. Um, so to go where I'm going to run through yeah. some fucking coming to America trivia. That's where we're at in just in the future is that there's coming to America <laughs> trivia facts. <laughs> Absolutely. Apparently he was an asshole on the set of this movie. He'd become huge. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, let me get some quotes here. Yeah. Um, the two men were pleased to work on another comedy. However, Landis, who are the two men? 
Oh, you're Landis yeah. and Eddie Murphy. Sure. Because they did Trading Places in 83. I didn't exactly. realize this was so much later after Trading Absolutely. Places. Six years later, absolutely. Landis expressed his disbelief on how much Eddie Murphy had changed over the five years since their last collaboration. Uh, the guy on Trading Places was young and full of energy. I, I just imagine John Landis is fucking weird fucking enthusiasm behind that and curious and funny and fresh and so black uh the guy on coming to america was the pig of the world <laughs> wow 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 that, that, that that's a 180 yeah <laughs> that's a yeah in fact their conflict on coming to america was so severe that the two stopped talking for several years it was not until beverly hills cop 3 that they worked together again wow so yeah he did direct five five years later I bet you he called so many people the F after during this shoot. Who? who uh, Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah. He loved the F. You know. The FGT. Hard FGTs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably, you know. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, but at the same time, I think at this oh, point in his career. They're doing the. See, yeah. this is where we're at in general. We're doing a podcast where we're giving trivia. The actual movie's giving trivia. Yep. We should just nuke America. <laughs> Well, you know, something it still it still may happen. Yeah, so, God, we've whatever. run through the course of everything. I love this podcast, but you know, everything that we talk about, it's been talked about before. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is not new territory. <laughs> no, that's where we're trying to get to. I feel like you know, every podcast in the world, the course of every episode is just trying to come up with. 30 seconds of something that hasn't been talked about or well, done before. Yeah. I think us watching the Adams family and Paul Lind Halloween specials was is pretty unique. Uncharted fucking territory. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was for podcasting, absolutely. you know, because I find that interesting. That, that's how kind of a nerd I am. Cause again, those shows were my initial entree into television. I mean, the 70s sensibility of what was going on in the country and the culturally, ah, oh, it's just, it's an interesting time. It was ripe for right wing takeover, you know, uh, kind of like now, you know. Well, because the hippies had run amok, bro. Well, yeah, that was certainly the uh, uh, the hips. You know, well, the the, the right wing playbook was being <clears throat> figured out. They hadn't quite mastered it yet, but they figured it out. With so we Reagan. talk about politics during the yeah. commercials. Yeah, so Did you see Reagan bleed his hair this week? You, 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 or, uh, Rudy. Oh, you mean uh, you mean Mussolini? Rudy Reagan. Yeah, I know Mussolini went up there and gave a speech. Rude dog. That's what happens when you they exhume you. You know what, man? <laughs> Assuming he has a grave, which he doesn't. Anyone who has a lisp is not. Uh, he's gonna be Mussolini. I mean, it is. <laughs> doesn't he look like him in, in a weird way? Like doesn't Mus don't Mussolini and uh, and and. <laughs> And Giuliani, look at their head. Like, he's got that weird bullet head look. It's like this it, it, the Italian fascist. Yeah, but Mussolini got hung by his toes. We should just drag Rudy out in a headlock and just be like, yeah, fucking knucklehead. Give him a noogie. Yeah, I mean. You'll have his dye all over your fist. It, it's amazing that he's willing to just be his mouthpiece. Because obviously, I mean, well, and, and now the narrative is the truth. He's. He's basically dragging his feet to be a dick. Rudy he just wants to be a dick. Rudy might have ended up on that Epstein Island at some point and probably has I'm sure he fucking a, knew a little bit of something. Old Donnie's probably got yeah. a little something on Rudy. God. Because that's not a natural sweat. I mean, a lot of people pointed this out. Everyone else on stage looked quite comfortable. <laughs> Giuliani was like a lunatic. He right? knows it's because he knows he's ruining his fucking career by spewing this bullshit. <laughs> He's going down in flames. Hard. It's pretty amazing. It's yeah. pretty great. Yeah. I'm, yeah. This is the Good. best ever. They were talking about how 
I was hearing people being like, Trump's going to win the election. It's going to be 75 days of the Democrats annoying people with litigation and trying to reverse it. And it's the exact opposite. And I find it fantastic. Yeah, it's Trump's going to try and overthrow the government and it's going to be great. We're going to get to watch him be let out like an incel that's been fired from a (laughs) call center. He's going to have his little box of stuff of his beautiful gold stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think, uh, yeah, because I, I guess now that they think, he, you know, he knows he's lost, obviously. Oh, yeah, and they're he's shooting being down, shot down. Legal challenges are, right. are, being, are being all shot down because they're all frivolous. They, they're bogus. They don't mean anything. But he can create that narrative of the stolen election, which is uh, comparable to the stab-in-the-back narrative that Hitler did in Germany that resonated with a certain amount of people. So it's going to keep his base. So am I comparing Adolf Hitler to Donald Trump? Yes, I am. And it's philosophically, been done I think they're really in line with each other. <laughs> I just don't think Trump has the execution that Hitler had. <laughs> Literally does not. Have, yeah, it does not. Yeah, you know, th- that's what I find terrifying. It's the, the, jail. You got to go to jail to learn the nuts and bolts of just scum. Because <laughs> jail, I've always heard, is where Hitler really became Hitler. When he was put in prison, is for, he was well, in, uh, the First World War uh, definitely changed his that, entire life. That and yeah, that yeah. he the got First World War was a major, and that he got pretty it. indoctrinated while going through the system. Well, no, I mean he, uh, you know, he got a, a a prison term, which he was basically facing the death penalty. That's when he wrote Mein Kampf, right? Yes, because and he got a five year sentence, but he only served nine months, and it was in a. If you see his prison cell, it, it looked like a like a decent dormitory. He had like cooking stuff and like you know yeah. rudolph hess uh, was his secretary and like taking his notes for his manifesto and stuff well, we're here on the gavin you know? mcginnis show just talking <laughs> but yeah it, it is uh but but it is a, this false narrative um you know your girlfriend called it out last week and she was absolutely right lisa was absolutely right you know just you know make your cabinet appointees start just have your just behave presidential well, that's, that's like what i was Biden saying should do he's the president yeah effect essentially Joe Biden's the president of the United States. He has to go out of his way. He's already talked to world leaders. Yeah. His cabinet's already in. He's he's laid out a comprehensive, at least, idea of how he wants to tackle the COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he calls it COVID. <laughs> That's a step in the right direction. He doesn't call it Kung Flu. Kung Flu's <laughs> hilarious, it's, though. I mean. Chop Fluey. Wow. That's a good one. Wow. You know, it's just. There was some fun stuff out there. I mean. <laughs> I don't. But, you know. It's not even a detriment. I think that's fun. <laughs> he is. Uh, but yeah, he, it sounds he, bad. He, Trump ruins fun <laughs> stuff like Kung well, Flu. Well, everything's yeah. bad coming out of his voice. He ruins jokes. If Barack <laughs> Obama said Kung Flu, he would have gotten a standing ovation. Yeah. Uh, well, Trump, uh, I think the family has no capacity to kind of laugh at themselves. Like they, they have literally have no capacity to be even somewhat self-deprecating. The entire Trump. Can family. you imagine the jokes that they think are jokes? Oh, I know. Yeah, I'm sure it's probably just, just them calling each other FGT, like Eddie yeah, Murphy. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, Colin Barron, a tard. <laughs> My son Barron, I don't know about him. He might have sugar in his shoes. No, that would be. <laughs> that's hilarious. You know, that, that's what uh, I got a friend in South Jersey. It's my who, son Barron, he's a waterhead. He's. <laughs> he's like he, he likes those K pack. I guess a, he likes. Was it K pack? What's the South Korean yeah. group? Is it what they called? I mean, I guess you, he's really into, into them. Did you, you grow know? this kid on Easter Island for Christ's sake? Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. They go to a basketball game. Yeah, together. and he yells in the face. <laughs> They go to a St. John's game. This is St. John's post-Isaiah, right? 
Well, Isaiah, Tom- Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas played for Indiana. Didn't he? Didn't he go? Was no, he no. from this area? No, no, no. Isaiah Thomas from Chicago. Did they play the St. John's? Was St. John's good in that era? St. John's had like Wal- yeah, St. Walter Berry, Bill Winnington. Yeah. Bill Winnington was a uh, Chris Mullen was on St. John's. They were a very good team. Oh, uh, the under the coat hand job. Yep. That is an '80s leather coat too. Yeah, High yeah. pop collar. So cover up the the bowls. <laughs> yeah. What's he saying? Are you able he probably wants a handy too. He's well, taking off his I think coat. he's being kind of a dick too. He, like yeah. He's revealing his arrogance because he's you know? weird and foreign. He's just like, oh, Hakeem, how's it growing up in the jungle? <laughs> but yeah. how's it growing up in he's the get, jungle? He's, he's getting Hakeem. the wrong attention. <laughs> uh, no, we play football. I believe you call it soccer. Oh yeah, 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 right. Soccer. Well, that's a real cute sport, especially the way y'all bounce that ball off your heads. <laughs> you know, personally, I don't like any sport where you don't use your hands. Maybe. Actually, there you go. A little actually, hand job joke. Heading the ball gives you chronic traumatic encephalopathy. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, actually very tough. Yeah. To hit the ball off your head. You know. They've yeah. banned it in youth soccer. You're not really? allowed to do it until you're of CT? until you're 12 years old. You can't do headers. You just chest it. So your brain is like they want to be more developed. Yeah, it shouldn't. Yeah. They should do it past 12. It shouldn't be until pros. Until you get like out of until you're out of high school, you shouldn't be whacking yeah. that header. Some people load up, dude, and you yeah, fucking hit yeah. it like you're coming out like you're shooting a fucking gun. Yeah, absolutely. You're fucking you're fucking bullets. Oh, yeah, this is when he's recognized as being the prince. <laughs> yeah. So here's another interesting thing. There's a reoccurring "See you next Wednesday" message. Uh, if you're fans of Landis's past projects, then you know how he loves dropping one particular Easter egg in each of his films. The phrase, see you next Wednesday, is either spoken or seen in the background of films. Uh, it originates from 2001 A Space Odyssey. Every fucking director, and I love 2001. Yeah. I love drugs. I love space. Yeah. I love sci-fi. Yeah. Every How you complain that my generation is with comic book movies. <laughs> Your generation strokes your cock so hard over 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> no, that, that was older than me, buddy. I'm not that old. That came out in 1968. I yeah. wasn't even born yet. But I'm sure Although your it's a parents, good movie. It is good. Yeah. But I'm sure your parents were this movie. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's aged relatively well. The relatively well. The graphics are laughable. Uh, you know, there's a lot of models in it, but I think some of the space, like, when, like the computer fixing stuff, and that's sort of, I think that looks pretty good. You know, I mean, I think the, that there's a futuristic thing going on. There. The plot still. is what saved it from being Carl Sagan's Cosmos. For me. <laughs> Carl Sagan's Cosmos is one of the most disappointing experiences. <laughs> they were hyping this thing up. It, I, it, it was the first time it had aired on television since the original one when I was a kid. They like play. They were hyping you up all week. Carl Sagan's The Cosmos. You're going to take a fucking journey through space. <laughs> yeah, I remember him being and a name the in the 80s. And the opening episode, it's just a picture of water, of like waterfalls. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm out, dude. If you tell me that we're taking a journey through the galaxy and your first 10 minutes is just <laughs> shit that's on Earth, I'm done. Start in a quasar somewhere. I'm out, dude. I've seen Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. You got to know what the fuck is happening. I think this is where Samuel L. Jackson comes in and tries to uh, rob knock the place. Off. Yeah, and I think he uses the. Uh, and the Eddie stick. Murphy literally mops up. Because he, he's training it. Literally. And also the guy. Oh, yeah, here it is. Yep. Here it is. Here it is. Yeah. Wasn't this. A, this is. Oh, yeah. Well, here he yells. Watch it. Yeah, yeah. Let's watch it. 
Listen to Samuel Jackson. <laughs> He's wearing the hat made famous by people that sell incense on the street. Yeah. Wasting my time now. Come on. Look at him all cool like James Bond. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's measuring him up. That's another Murphy run amok is <laughs> I am not going to be afraid during this. He wrote this just to show his fucking toughness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because he's, he's a well-rounded I man. I grew up in the jungle. I know how to remove but, sticks. And they had some Don't foreshadowing early in it. Him and Arsene doing stick battles. They're both very proficient with it. He is just and, like, and, and they're on the same page. They both have their African ways of I'm fighting in the bush. You know? I'm telling you right now off the bat. Not doing an African accent throughout the course of this is so hard for me because <laughs> you just want to do an impression of Eddie Murphy yeah. being Akeem, but you can't because that kind of thing will get you algorithmed and you'll get you'll get fucking shadow banned. <laughs> He's a hero. That shit never happens. No. If you try and play hero, you're the first one shot. People would start taking you down. They would be like, who the... F they would think you're in on it. Yeah, no yeah. one assumes like, oh, this person's saving the day. They're just like, yeah. oh, no, there's three of them. Yeah. So he invites them over to their house. Yeah, to park Next cars. To, to park cars, guys. <laughs> Say, leave Sunday night open. The, the weather was just not an option for this shoot. They, they were going to film that it. That is yep. mother nature. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely, they're filming in it, you know. Like we gotta fucking do this. Yeah, I, this has got to be a set. So that looks like Burbank. Oak Brook. Yeah. yeah, this is this is like you know, that's like that's a, that's one of those uh, you know movies we're talking uh, Hallmark. That's this a townhouse. Set, that's you know? some. That's like we just we <laughs> some moving on up Jefferson's shit. Oh, those jackets. Oh. That's Westchester County right there. <laughs> they're in New Rochelle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so know. did you watch the NBA draft at all? I did not actually. It was. I always love when they're like, this is going to be the worst thing ever. Like going into it, they were like, this is categorically going to be one of the worst drafts in recent memory. Yeah. It, there's no fucking stars. Yeah. Uh, and then it just made me think of like, where have there been any weird... The NBA draft has been pretty unscathed as far as like controversy or any sort of weird things happening, except for Lem Bias dying day of. That's the only Whoa. like draft... Or like the, the, the weirdest after. thing you look up is like how people react to lottery picks. You have fat people jiggling because they're excited. The Jerry Krause, when he got the number one overall pick to get Elton Brand, his fucking eye, his little fucking saggy fat eye sacks are <laughs> jiggling. I'm going to prove Michael Jordan wrong. I'm going to prove that I was the no. brains behind the operation. No, he you, drafted you the greatest uh, He drafted <laughs> seven power forwards for like four years in a row. <laughs> Marcus Pfizer. Oh, what what a bust he was. Yeah. And then he had guys that ended up being good later. Fucking uh well, Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler, Tyson Chandler was on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, but he was they so were young. When, you know, these guys, I mean, they they're 19 years old. You're, you're maturing and I, Oh, I don't the think NBA is thinking. two draft is two rounds too. Yeah. These kids got I remember when he used to be 10. You no shit, rounds. the NBA draft was 10 rounds. And Tony Gwynn was a 10th round pick of the well, San no, Diego that's Clippers. MLB. Oh. No, no, the San Diego Clippers. Were they, in, in, in 1980, they used to be the, that's the Rockets, right? Yeah, uh, 
Well, no, they, they were the Buffalo Braves. <laughs> they were the Buffalo Braves. Bob McAdoo won the Rookie of the Year in 1975, and they moved to, to, to San Diego to become the San Diego Clippers and then moved to L.A., which was a smart move. Old basket NBA names and, like, NBL names are the best because it's, like, the Syracuse Sentinels <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the, and the, shit uh, like that. I think it was the Syracuse Nationals. The Philadelphia Warriors became the yeah. Golden State Warriors, but they were originally the, the San Kalamazoo Warriors. Zephyrs. Just like weird <laughs> shit like that. Yeah, the, 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 Fort, the Fort Wayne Pistons became yeah, the Detroit Pistons. The Wallet Pockets. I, I like it when it was like your, your name was sort of tied to your economic, like the Chicago Bulls and Chicago Bears. That's all stock market related. That's the reason why they were named that. Really? Yeah, yeah absolutely, man. A bull market, a bear market. That's why they were I named I just figured that. it was because it was at a time where they had untaken animals, where they're just well, like, well, hey, no one's, a- got, no one's got a bear. <laughs> How has no one been a bear at this point? It's 1921. Yeah. <laughs> no one's been a bear. Yeah. We've been playing this game for 15 years. Well, I, I don't think there was any copywriting going on. The you know if There were probably a hundred bears. They just happened to be the Chicago Bears. You know, so... Uh, Dude, they're lucky they got fucking the Don Amici while he was alive to be in this fucking movie. Yeah. You're really oh, rolling... Right. You're really rolling the dice going from 83 to 89. Yeah. That's something. You put them in because you're just like, well, they're alive. Yeah, they're the, they're the homeless guys. That, that, that's a great. I mean, I remember when that that was like a real moment in the movie when that happened. Like, holy yeah. shit, what a dude! Funny, that's another you know. moment because I don't know if Murphy wrote Trading Places. He I just act. That's yeah. before they let him have the reins, and that's and that's the big cringe moment of that movie where an N word run Duke and Duke, and that's when Eddie Murphy realizes they're pieces of shit. In what? In Trading Places, when one of the fucking... Yeah, I yeah, I think it's exactly. Ralph Bellamy that yeah. drops a hard N. Yeah, absolutely. And the the bet is for $1. <laughs> it's just them, like, for kicks. They're just being old assholes. I always... I mean, Lannis used to have some class elements in his movies, which I always kind of liked, you know? He used to have a little bit of that. He also did the Thriller video. That's how big John Landis was. You know, he was huge. Oh, dude. When he did Animal House, it was like, I mean, it was, you know, that that was massive. And then Blues Brothers. It Here's was another aspect. Comedic hits. Of Murphy yeah. run amok. So before starring and coming to America, Eddie Murphy found great success with other comedic roles, blah, blah, blah. Um, for coming to America, Murphy reused one of the lines from Beverly Hills Cop for a scene with his royal parents. While seated at the table for breakfast, his father, King Jaffe Joffer, an only Murphy creation. Uh, that's something that a American black guy thinks is the name of a king, <laughs> Jaffe Joffer. Uh, commented on how he was surprised. That's Jaffe Joffer is something your grandpa calls your black friend. Ah, your old Jaffe Joffer <laughs> friends coming over. Yeah, you know, the the guy from Zamumba, whatever. Yeah. This the, completely fake You know country. that kid from Zamunda over there? <laughs> uh, well, seated at the, his father, King Jaffe Joffer, commented on how he was surprised that his son had grown a mustache. Sound familiar? <laughs> a similar line was spoken in Beverly Hills Cop by Jenny Summers when she saw Axel at the art gallery. Hmm. <laughs> that was yeah i remember that that was like a big thing in the There's 90s no if you were a hip comic you ripped eddie murphy also i'm gonna bra- i'm gonna break ground here right now that's yeah. not his real laugh guys <laughs> yeah. he probably laughs like just like ah ah that's funny no. he probably just says it that's yeah. funny yeah yeah <laughs> that's funny yeah he's there parking cars we have to be very aggressive you know, i'm all for that especially with women 
I like especially to with women. fucking rape women. <laughs> especially with women. You don't let I like to assault women. No. <laughs> do you like women? He was. Akeem? I mean, he was big in ER. I mean, this guy was dude, in ER they, for this years. Guy, I, dude, the eighties. Uh, well, the eighties well. was just ten years of people being like, "You look just like Lionel Richie." You know. Yeah, he was. Uh, <laughs> this was the first multiple character Eddie mo- multiple Eddie char- uh, multiple character Eddie Murphy movie. Yeah. So this is the first time again Eddie Murphy run amok. He probably been begging the whole time. Can I play every character? And they're like, No, you're a psychopath. <laughs> Can't play every fucking character. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, this is when he was getting his power with that. But then you know, he did the same thing. What was it, Nutty Professor or, or, or the? Uh, yeah. You know, what I mean, I mean, that was and then you know, Bowfinger. He, Bowfinger. He plays a lot of characters. Norbit. Interesting. Now we're getting into the good stuff. Norbit. Norbit I give him two. credit for that. You know, he's like a Peter Sellers, you know, a little bit like that. You know, he has some, yeah. he has some range in that sense. You know, I, I can't do. I can't make one thing funny. You know what's I funny about Peter funny. Sellers is I like used to be really funny. Remember Peter that? Sellers. That's the true mark of being funny because <laughs> a funny moment. Yeah. Though what when, when when the Jerry curl stain is, is on the uh, oh yeah on it's the on couch. the chair yeah Peter Sellers is funny because that almost transcended prosthetics like he was just like acousticing characters yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, putting a different pair of glasses. Well, on, no, you know? yeah, he yeah. was a cop. It was just Peter Sellers in a cop uniform, and then he'd play a priest, and it was just Peter Sellers as a priest. Like, there was no makeup, <laughs> there was no effort to make him look like a different person. Even Doctor Strangelove, it's clearly Peter Sellers when he plays the Nazi in the wheelchair. That's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty funny, man. That's a pretty funny character. Oh yeah, no, he, it's he, great. It's a great. But I'm saying, like, that's when you know it's ta- like you see, this Eddie Murphy's great. Yeah. But he had the benefit of actual prosthetics, like yeah. <laughs> looking like a foreign. If this was Peter Sellers, it would just be Peter Sellers. Yeah, I'm a fat guy <laughs> <laughs> with pillows in his coat or something like that. Yeah, Sellers was deemed. I mean, very much a comedic actor of like the 50s and 60s. I'll tell you one thing right now. The 70s a little bit too. As a kid, I tried watching those fucking Pink Panther movies. Yeah, not good. Yeah, I loved them when I was like seven. Not good. You know, <laughs> to this day, don't know what they're about. Are they spoofs? <laughs> are they real movies? Why are they called Pink Panther? It's like they just have well, it at the beginning. A, a dim-witted cl- cl- you know, inspector. That's when I remember when I first got introduced to him. Inspector Clouseau. Yeah. <laughs> what does that have to do with the? Is that have anything to do with the cartoon? I, I, I maybe. <laughs> Do you know about the Pink Panther cartoon? Of course. I remember I used to watch it as a kid. That's why I wanted to see the movie. So did it confuse you as a kid? When yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because I was, like, like, I was like, where's the Pink Panther worth, at? Where is you it know? at? I'm yeah. seven years old. I want to see this Pink Panther. <laughs> yeah, you're an, a, a warm-blooded it, an, American. I don't even remember my childhood anymore. I well, lost those Give me a too. specific, like, what was your favorite meal as a kid? As a kid? Meatloaf and potatoes? like No. Me? Mac and cheese and hot dogs. Look at that, you white trash <laughs> son of a bitch. I liked mac and cheese and hot you dogs. You guys were not like, good enough to live in government D.C. Well, it, it, that's when I was like seven. But I mean, my mom improved the meals, you know. We yeah. got a little more money, you know, it sort of changed. Put a little shake and we, bake we, on We them. worked our, our way up, you know, and ate a lot of salads. Ate a lot of salad. I eat salad to this you guys, day. Drank a lot of ocean, probably a lot of ocean spray cranberry you know, juice you know, going be, around the house. To be honest house. with you, to be honest, with you, my mom never had sweets, never had drinks like that. Oh, uh, we, we, if we had a drink, we have orange juice. You had milk. You had water. I, I drank. A, that's why I drink water. You know, here's I love a fact water. I like. It, it about, quenches your thirst. Coming to America, fact I loved. 
James Earl Jones and the mom in this. Yeah. They do the, they reprise roles. They're the voice of the lions in the Lion King. I knew James Earl Jones was Mustafa. Yeah. But the mom lion is also the mom from this. Interesting. Yeah. I never saw the Lion King. I, Dude, I was 28 years old. I think. When, did it, when like, did it come out? What year? 94. Oh, I was 25. Yeah, I you never just started in, in the business of show. I did. I did. And look where it's taking me. <laughs> At, to, the, to your, at to that your time, bedroom, Keith, you know. could you have? Would you have been caught dead going to see The Lion King? I never would have seen it. Yeah, I mean, and not that I was. A, I mean, it's not geared towards me. I, my mind was not. I didn't have a TV for several years in my twenties. I was just going out, man. I was establishing my career. I, I just being in a city. You got to understand, coming into a city was like coming into a like a toy store for me or something as a kid. There were just there was all these things to do. I loved that about living in a big city. You know, when I first moved to Chicago, it, it was very much like just the energy of the city. That's you know? one thing I regret because I grew up in the area. Yeah. So I went to the city enough as a kid to yeah. where I kind of knew the stuff. You know, yeah. there's the taste of Chicago. There's Lollapalooza. Yeah. Like you kind of know the big things. Yeah. And when I moved to Chicago from the suburbs to like keep doing stand up, I didn't really experience the city like i kind of just lived in my apartment went and did stand up and then yeah. went home and then went and did stand up and then when i left to, for la i was kind of like oh man i never really do anything when i lived out here yeah like everyone talks about like todd would even todd he'd go to richards at four in the morning and like he'd be all drunk and annoying but part <laughs> of me was like no i probably should have went and you know just dealt with him being annoying and because he did a lot of cool shit like yeah he'd be all drunk like oh we sat on that bridge that's always pulled up yep. on the Chicago. like oh yeah. it was all and you know i would be like well i'm glad i'm not dead you could have died <laughs> but now looking back on it, i'm like i should have done more so when i moved to la i remember specifically being like i'm gonna do shit out here yeah. like yeah I've, I've lived in every part of the city yeah i've lived in culver city yeah I've lived in the Hollywood-ish area, yeah. like uh, Hancock Park. Yep. I've lived by the La Brea Tar Pits. Yep. Um, we, we, that's now I live now. downtown. Yeah, exactly. I've yeah. lived in Studio City, so I've lived wow. over the hill. Yeah. And yeah. so like in two years, I've experienced all of the city. Yeah. To where one the eight years in Chicago, I stayed in that little <laughs> west, north. You know, I go to the south side sometimes to do yeah. mics. Yeah. No, I remember when I first moved to Chicago because I came from Madison, and I had lived in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and I just you were probably I, so pumped, dude. Oh, I was ecstatic about. It. I mean, even though I had zero money, do you know how much money I had the summer of nineteen ninety two? There was twenty seven dollars, twenty nine dollars. Nice, I, I had, nailed it. I had twenty nine dollars, and I, I didn't have a job yet. Your mom bought you a I Mickey's mean, Big Mouth from the road. I asked my dad, like, I was like, Dad, you got to give me some money. I need like five hundred bucks. No, you're on your own now, Adam. Listen, I'm a pretty good kid. You know, I'm not a fuck up. You know, I'm going to put the money Can to I good get use. $12, I mean, Dad. Jesus. Can that was back when get... asking for a 10 was like, whoa. You know, <laughs> no, I, I asked. I, need, I needed some cash because it was like I, I had to pay my rent and crap. And I finally got a job selling furniture at the Great Ace. I was still dating Amanda Rip, living in, a, in her oh, brother's. Oh, brought her up. <laughs> What's she doing now? Uh, she is an attorney in uh, Chicago. He's married. Man, he's got two kids. Out. No. Are they gross? Is she gross? You know, it's funny. I actually saw her on the street a couple. I've seen her uh, periodically. It's bizarre. And you were like, I've aged better. I, I but yeah. Or I saw her one. I, I saw from behind. I was like, who's this one? I was like, she doesn't look that good. I honestly thought that in my mind. 
Isn't that kind of rough? Well, you can you could have you, you know? should have said it out loud to her face. No, I'm not gonna. <laughs> you broke my heart, you and, ugly bitch. No, no. And then I stood next to her and I was like, "That's her." And I, I didn't even acknowledge her. I didn't. And it was just the two of us at a street corner. You should have. I easily could have said, "Hey, you well, what's up?" You, you should have walked up to her and went. Weren't you Amanda Rip? <laughs> no, I, I just, uh, I didn't say a word. It was interesting. That's when I was dating Candace. I was like, yeah, man, I got a better woman than you. You know, <laughs> thinking some weird, dark thought. It's like, you know, whatever. I was a kid. She was a kid. You know, uh, I'm not marriage material in a lot of women's eyes, you know? So. Yeah, well, <laughs> by a guy's eyes, I wouldn't marry you. <laughs> so anyway, it's. So um, check this out, too. Yeah. So Zamunda is a play on Bob Zamuda. The annoying comedian. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, Paula Paula Abdul was the choreographer. Hmm. It's because she uh, she did a Janet Jackson video. That's why wow. she got this role because she wow. had choreographed a Janet Jackson video. Isn't See, that dude, interesting? That's that Jackson power, dude. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that he, Illuminati sheen. Well, he was. Uh, I mean, at that point in the eighties, my God, he was a Titanic star. As big of a star as I in my entire life. I mean, Michael Jackson. Who's he was I mean, a Titanic star when I was yeah, a kid. I had penny yeah. loafers with pennies in them. Yeah, I loved Michael Jackson as a yeah. kid. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's I, not amazing because when he became a molester, that's you got to deal with that as a kid. Yeah, when I was, uh, what, what was your reaction you to separate, that? Because you were older and more mature. Well, right? the first one. Well, the first one I was oh, a kid. Were, yeah, yeah. And I remember when he was innocent. I was just like, well, yeah, he's innocent. Like that's. Because he's Michael Jackson. I mean, he went to court for it. Like a goddamn court said he was fucking. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't do it. So yeah. I was at that point. I was fun. I was. He's in, dude. Dangerous yeah. is good again. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's just an album name. It's not real. Yeah. But. Uh, uh, <laughs> but then the second one hit and I was just like, oh, yeah. Because I don't think I can stand with this. And then he was releasing. But that's when he started being crazy when he was really white. And he was releasing doves at the court hearing. He had be like he was on the fentanyl hard. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, if there's ever a truly good biopic, if they can do, a, if they can get a good writer together with a decent director, uh, there has. But I mean, it was the VH1 TV movie, The Jacksons, <laughs> in 1992. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's a great fucking who, who thing. Was, uh... Hi, Mister Rat. <laughs> when he becomes friends with the little household rat, and that's the song Ben is based on. I love little bullshit stuff that they throw in bio. That never happened. Yeah. Michael Jackson <laughs> did not befriend a rat. Yeah, and that is the basis of Ben. No. Yeah, dad, I had jeans like that. His dad beat him horrible. What acid wash like fucking yeah, black yeah. lay jeans? You see, like he 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 made the place all hip. Yeah. That was like late eighties hip. <laughs> oh yeah, neon lights. It looks like a goddamn fucking gas station in yeah, there. You got a hot tub in your place. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the corpse? There was a dead body here. What have you done? You told me to fix up the place. Look at that hot tub. Man. Look at that Check TV, dude. They got. I have every Betamax out currently. <laughs> was this still Betamax time? When did Betamax stop? Uh, Betamax was more like uh, 83, 84. Because there was the VHS. journey. It was like the space race. It was yeah. like how HD, DVD, and Blu-ray existed together. Yeah. yeah. And then Blu-ray just won. Mostly because I think it was a newer name. Everybody Because yeah. HD, DVDs were the same thing. And then Blu-ray just took it over. And I think it's because people were more impressed with like, oh, Blu-ray. He's that watching, sounds more future. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, yeah, yeah, this was, uh, no, VHS had won out by this time for years. Uh, uh, Beta, I think, died like What was different about a Betamax? Do you remember? 
Like what I remember the, it being bulkier. Just kind of a bulkier and feel wasn't it and look. top drop? Didn't you put it in? Yeah, the top? yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was almost like from what didn't you? It was like kind of more real to real. Like there, you had to like do something to get it to work, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it was. Let's look it up here. Yeah, uh, VHS was I think a little more. It was more compact. I remember, which is funny when you think about it because VHS yeah, are so bulky. It's still, but but oh yeah, it was like one reel instead of two. Yeah, because yeah. I think that's the thing about Betamax is you had to hook the tape onto like. <laughs> The the real the head yeah you know the head ooh getting getting exy crow's getting exy <laughs> you know up to five hours of fucking magic on on one on from nineteen seventy seven you could record yo MTV raps no I wasn't around that that was that was before that time what was the big MTV remote control you could record remote well, not, control no, that, that, that was probably in 87 when that happened so probably not that either here we go here's the Seymour Mortimer and here's, here's they are oh yeah oh can you imagine I mean we're gonna I, I guess Murphy does this and re- did this in real life he just he, gives he, old he, he'd give people money he gives old white men a ton of money or he'd give like a homeless person a thousand bucks or something you know ten, yeah. you know, five thousand bucks like he, he'd actually do that ooh here that, we go because he, he was having a hard time I guess dealing with the success of it all it was not an easy thing Mortimer uh, so coming to America bombed, I guess. No, it didn't totally bomb, but it was that it was not. That's what I was gonna say. It's funny how you look at his at his kind of his height. It, it, to me, it was the beginning of the downfall. Really? Yeah. Like even at the time seeing this, where you just kind of like ah, this is stretching it. Th- there are some funny moments. The last third of this movie, I think the dialogue's kind of shitty. Uh, well, yeah, it's just take me to my son. You know, yeah, I just him go, screaming. You know, uh. Though quite a pop, yeah, didn't fare very well. Uh, Paramount decided it's uh, best to cancel all of their press screenings for the film ahead of its release so as not to influence wow. audience decisions on whether to pay to see the film on opening weekend. Wow. Um, not only was the movie faced with low expectations on its performance, but a lawsuit as well. Yeah. Uh, Buckwald Art, versus Art, Paramount. Art Buckwald. Yeah, claimed yep. that the picture had stolen his script idea for the movie from his 1982 treatment. The treatment called it's a cruel, cruel world. It's a play. It's a take on Henry VIII. <laughs> I hate when people do that shit. They try to ground their their their, their coming to America story and like yeah. in Shakespeare or like well like you know I wrote who Roger who framed Roger Rabbit but when I did it it was a take on fucking Murphy's Law like it was just like they stop being all ethereal. Uh, Murphy was offered <laughs> Roger Rabbit. He was offered Roger. Rabbit, no shit. Turned it down. Uh, because and I mean I think he looked back on that as being kind of a career regret. Oh, he won the lawsuit and got who, who damages. Did, who, who did uh, Buckwald? Buckwald. Wow, because because who did Murphy write this or did Landis write this? Um, it says story by Eddie Murphy uh, and then uh, uh, Bernstein, someone named Bernstein. I probably had a co-writer with them. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Oh, okay. here's what we could do in the second half. There was a TV, an unsold TV pilot of Coming to America where oh. Tommy Davidson plays fucking Akeem. <laughs> And I have it queued up on YouTube. Wow. I, I Going heard, to Uncharted Territory again. I know someone who worked with him. No, was it Tommy Davidson? or Who's the other guy? To steal a line from Mike David's Red Bar, nobody's doing this. Check it <laughs> was Tommy... Yeah, who, I know someone who worked with him did stand-up and said he was... No, I could be confusing him. Tommy Davidson? Yeah, Tommy he da- did stand up. Yeah, but he, like, he's whacked out of his mind now. Said, I think said he was nuts. I think he's he truly... dabbled in a little crack. He talks all like about like how he surfs waves. Like he talks about comedy real spiritually about yeah, how like, yeah. 
you know, I manipulate the crowd when I'm up there with their energy and we surf the wave and like, yeah. but it's like, dude, you do impressions about like you do little kid voices on stage. You're not you see, like they're dancing, see, taking they're sl- them through a fucking thing. So check this up. out. <clears throat> Coming to America went on to become the third highest grossing film of 1988. Oh, 88. Uh, $128 million domestic. It's $250 million in today's money. That's good. That's Globally, it grossed about $550 million in today's dollars. Wow. So due to its popularity, CBS was like, let's make a fucking TV show um, starring Tommy Davidson as Prince Tarek. Uh, and then Paul Bates was in it. And even the fat guy that sings at the beginning, he was in the TV show. Wow. Um, the pilot was not picked and quickly forgotten. It's one of those times where they said like a lot of times they make excuses for pilots of like, you know, financially things weren't there or there were creative differences along the way. You know, they weren't ready to carry a starring vehicle, but the, the material was good. Yeah. This one, they straight up said, this is terrible. Yeah. And it's embarrassing that you made it. (laughs) Uh, who names a show perfectly good white boy. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe. No, I'm kidding. You know, I, I, yeah, but your show will end up on YouTube you know. and in 30 years. And I'll make so much money off of it. Failing comedians will make fun of it on their fledgling podcast. You know, yeah, we'll see. We'll a lot see of hip hop references. I'm coming up on the. A se- uh, yeah, I love how old this fucking list is. A sequel is rumored to be in the works. That's coming, baby. Yeah. Coming to America is coming. And. I'm kind of willing for it to be really bad. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, come on. It, well, the original wasn't. I mean, I, I don't think the world has been clamoring for that. It's all just a bunch of egos saying, you know, something. Well, it's Eddie let's Murphy. Let's have one last hurrah. Dude, Eddie Murphy walked out of his front door one day, and all of a sudden, everybody was tossing him stand-up deals. Like, I feel like he walked out to get his newspaper, and people were like, Eddie Murphy's doing stand-up again. Yeah. <laughs> He's singing. And he's doing two Murphy run amok stones with one bird. He's fucking singing and doing the funny accent. Yep. Yeah. Together. Yep. He is. Has he mentioned how big his dick is yet? No, I haven't heard that. He's too humble. Hakeem is too humble for that. (laughs) It might. Maybe it's just implied. I don't have to say it. You know, I just know you're from Africa, you know? Yeah. That's what that fucking gangster (laughs) tale represented. (laughs) So how, how are you? How are you feeling here? You want to clip hey, on a break? Yeah, here, or are you a break. Good. You know, I, I was going to ask you how'd you feel about that Monday night football game? <laughs> oh, that Bear offense, dude! Oh my god, it's embarrassing. That Bears offense is fucking bad. It's embarrassing. Yeah, I wish there was a context I could put it oh, in. Oh yeah, yeah. He did MTV VMAs. Yeah, yeah. And 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 uh, for like non-sports fans, I wish I could put it into a context. It's like if. You love hamburgers. You've grown up eating hamburgers every Sunday. And like, you know, sometimes they're not that good. Yeah. But like, you're still, that's a fucking burger, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to eat it. Yeah. But sometimes it's great. Sometimes you're like, God damn, this is the best hamburger I've ever eaten. Yeah. And then one, one Sunday they serve you a pile of shit (laughs) on bread. (laughs) That that's what watching that's the Chicago what Bears. watching the Chicago Bears is like for me now. Like this is a hamburger that I used to I used to love the smell of it. I used to love preparing it. Yeah, and yeah. now it's just shit on bread. 
It is. It's their, embarrassing. Their offense is not good. They their offense because Vikings have their lo- their leading rusher a single rush <laughs> in the last six games. Their leading rusher, like as far as one gain, well, one carry, a carry. You're saying you're saying is it their middle longest- linebacker Mingo had an 11 yard carry on offense. They did some weird fucking flea and he ran 11 yards and not one offensive player has gotten more than that in well, like six is weeks. Is Montgomery hurt for them or who? No, he's just awful. Yeah. The, the, he uh, avoids holes because he's this power running back. So he'll avoid wide open holes to drive his stupid head and he'll just find where there's the most people on the field and go, well, I'm a power back. So I need to blast through that fucking, there's a hole right here. Yeah. Just go yeah. run. Yeah, man. And he like I th- it's just that it's cuz we're owned the team is owned by a 97-year-old lady <laughs> and it the president is an 80-year-old man. <laughs> There's not a drop of modern Thinking. anything yeah, yeah. in the fucking thing. They still think defense wins championships, <laughs> which it does not. The Seattle Seahawks have the worst defense in the NFL and they're a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. You don't need a good defense. Yeah. You need, you, here's what you need. You need a defense that can situationally play well. Who plays well on third down, give and up, that's literally it. That can give that's up. literally You'll it. give up 20 points a game, but at yeah. the end of the day. And not always stop it on third you down. You got to be able to score 30-plus points a game to well, win. Yeah, yeah, they uh It's embarrassing. Well, yeah, it's, They're a blight <laughs> to modern. And like how people are excited that the NFL is evolving, the Bears are doing the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah, the because the Vikings aren't really that good, and uh, but they've played well the past three weeks, Our and they've been better. exposed. It's not even about them not drafting Patrick Mahomes. The Titans are getting play out of Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, like other teams are doing it. T- the Bears are atrocious on offense. The Giants, even the. Yeah. The fucking Sam Daniel Darnold, Jones. like yeah. the they're the statistically the worst teams of, in the NFL do things better than the Bears. <laughs> yeah, their offense is pretty bad. It's awful. Uh, that being said, if Akeem Hicks doesn't get hurt, they probably still win the game. They probably yeah, still he's done the for the year now. I think. Yeah, I mean, he tore he, his fucking labrum off his ass because he is he's great and uh, and but you're right, their defense is getting a little bit long in the tooth too. Yeah, they're old. They have the. You know? I think they have the fifth oldest defense in the league. They're not young anymore. I mean, you know, they ran Cook. He got beat up. Cook had thirty carries. You know, that's one thing I will give the Bears is they still know how to shut down. Though they will never let one player beat them. Yeah, they're yeah. always going to shut down your your top star. You know, so, but but Cousins, I think, had a relatively good game for him. It's the first time he won you know? on Monday night ever. You know, so yeah, it, it just whatever. I don't. They play the Vikings. Play the, the the Cowboys tomorrow, and if they win, they're five hundred. So, whatever. I mean, it's kind of a mulligan year. I've been saying that it's a, it's obviously a goofy year. It's been just an odd year. So, but whatever. I mean, it's something to watch just because something's got to distract me from the <laughs> from what's going on in the world, you know. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I watch. I'm just shocked the Vikings since 2000. That was their fifth win at Soldier Field. They are now. Five and fifteen. They've won uh, one quarter of their games in Soldier Field in the last twenty years. They never play well there, and it had all the markings of it. It had a classic Bears bullshit. We're going to have a special teams touchdown, and then we're going to win, and people are going to think we're good now. Ooh, classic! That all the things that the Bears do to win, you know, and the, they got a couple of kind of nonsense turnovers that they can't turn it into Garbage touchdowns. Time. 
You know, they can't. They can't. Shit on bread. Because the That's Vikings were are. able to move the ball on them. I thought they were able to move them. I mean, that Jefferson, you know, Jefferson had a pretty good, he's a pretty good football player. That guy Jefferson, I think is decent. It's like they're not only are they serving you a shit burger, but then they're being like, no, this is how it's, oh, this has been the burger the whole time. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's always been this way. No. <laughs> Cade McNown was better. I watched Cade McNown drop 30 points on the fucking Detroit Lions. <laughs> yeah, he had some moments. I watched his high, I watched the best game he ever had. He had a good game against the, the only Vikings, bear game I ever went to, and Cade McNown won one for the kid. Good for you, I'm man. Excited so, for it. So he has a special place in your heart. You'll yeah. always remember Kay McNabb. Dude, I become a any quarterback the Bears draft, I become a fan of. I love Jim Miller. Jim Miller was my guy. I was a big Rex Grossman fan. <laughs> Hated Kyle Orton. But even you he You didn't like Kyle Orton? Until you know what's funny is Kyle Orton started growing on me, and I was like, fuck yeah, dude, we can win a Super Bowl with Kyle Orton because the defense was good. Yeah. And then we traded for Jay Cutler, and I was just like fuck Kyle Horton dude because I wanted the Bears to trade up for Jay Cutler I remember when he I was like dude the Bears need to get this kid because they were like they were like he's got an arm like Favre like that was Jay Cutler's big thing coming out of Vanderbilt like he played for a shitty team but like look at this kid throw the ball yeah yeah he's got a howitzer I tell you what you mentioned a guy last week we talk about the Bears every once in a while who they should go after this guy Zach Wilson for BYU I'm telling you, you you should actually Pay attention to him because I actually think he's a decent quarterback. Uh, you know, it's just the way offenses are now. You you have to have like a, this kind of quick, precise yeah. passing ability. Because the BYU, the Lord you know? breeds them out yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's some weird white athleticism Fucking going on. Fucking LDS out there, man. shit out it's, there. It's, <laughs> at the same time, Romney recognized Biden. He was he, the first. I knew it would be Romney scrimmaging with his harem. Out there, all right. You want to you want to dip yeah, in on this yeah. break here uh, on that fucking all right religious stereotype. That's it's end on that one. We'll come back. Uh, for a second. Yeah. Excellent. So uh, yeah, click the subscribe link if you like what you're feeling. Uh, we will be back. Twenty three point eight FM Talk Radio. At Blue Cross Blue Shield, we've been protecting millions of people for over seventy five years. It's what gives us the experience and understanding to help you find a plan that fits where you are today and where you'll be tomorrow. Get spring break styles for the entire family, tees and tanks for just $5, and thousands of other amazing styles all on sale. Run to Old Navy. There are moments that define who we are, what we stand for, and where we're going. Made with pride, crafted with passion. Jeep Cherokee, find love again, right on the Gulf Coast. Beau Rivage, a feeling like no other. To succeed in our ever-changing, busy world, you've got to create your own brilliant website. Wix makes it simple. Create your website today. It's easy and it's free. Every time you raise a Pacifico, let it be a reminder to live life anchors up. Imagine waking up to the enticing aroma of bacon, sausage, fluffy eggs, and a whiff of delectable hash browns. Stop imagining. Get to McDonald's with a deluxe breakfast platter because nobody has ever woken up to the fresh smell of cereal. Why do you think I came to America? Oh, your father told me to sow your royal oats. Oh, no. I came to America to find my bride. I came to Queens to find you. So why did you lie to me then? Why didn't you just tell me you were prince? Because I wanted you to love me for who I am. I'm not sure who you are. I'm the man you fell in love with. It just wouldn't work out. We're too different. So, what do you think?
Uh, all right, I'm going to hello Larry back. All right, we're back for the second half. We're coming to the end. This is the big soliloquy moment. She's already run around in the rain. She walked around New York in the rain for a little bit. Exactly. You got to have that moment. Exactly. And now he has to. Have you ever solemnly walked around in the rain? Like where you're, you've had it. I'm just gonna let it happen. I'm gonna get soggy feet because I'm so sad. You know, that's a good question. I probably did at one point in some sort of weird self-indulgent twenties moment. Where I thought, oh, but um, I don't recall. Or you do it because you know that's what sad people do. Yeah, yeah. You got to do it because you're actually, it's got to be an authentic thing. You know, it can't be yeah. a facade for someone else. Or, you know, you think John Cusack planned to hold that fucking boombox up and, and outside say anything? Of that window? You know, I've never Cameron seen that movie. Crow- I never have either. And that was a movie of my era. And I know he made Jerry Maguire, right? That was like yes. his big return. I, well, he's he's... A populist director, that Cameron Crowe. Yeah. Almost famous. He, almost, he did, too. That word's become so taboo because of Trump. <laughs> populist. Isn't he a populist? Well, he'd, be that... a, he'd be a right-wing populist. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Very much so. You know. But to me, that never made sense because populist makes it sound like you're for the population. You're for the well, people, bro. Well, uh, it is for a certain part of the population. White. It is for a certain part. We reserve uh, that right for the fat, the black. And... Have you ever seen that commercial? It's a commercial about menthol cigarettes, about how menthol cigarettes are racist. Yeah. And they have this fucking lobbyist go, yeah. Yeah, exactly. we don't smoke it. We reserve that right for the poor, the black, and the stupid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it makes me laugh every time because he's just like the poor, the fat, the black, the gay, the <laughs> Chinese, everybody but us. But menthol cigarettes are more expensive. Oh, God. I'm so glad I never Especially developed the habit of smoking cigarettes. Oh my god! You got that Newport hundred money? You're in a union. <laughs> like if you smoke hundreds, is that actually a little higher oh. style wise? Well, it's more intense. The fil- you and if especially if you cut that filter, because the filter is what makes it a hundred. That's what it, it's supposed to be. Not a light, but the filter's longer. So yeah, yeah. it's supposed to be filtering it. So you cut that filter. Ugh. You got that hundred money, hundred soft pack, so you don't even care if it gets crushed. <laughs> You're the fucking king of the world. You're the king of the job site, dude. Man, I'm sure that was a big breakthrough. I wonder if it was soft pack initially and then became hard oh, yeah. pack. Oh, absolutely. You know, and they realized, no, get, let's get a hard pack and the cigarettes will last. That's how you did that father, like, God damn it, son, I tell you every time. You yeah, pull yeah. it out. <laughs> every time you cut the lawn, I'm going to smack you upside your water head. <laughs> My dad used to, his thing was, he'd get his watch out and put it on, on the clock, on the analog face. A couple of times. His uh, his Marlboro lights. Oh, yeah. Three times. And then he put it in, you know, on his watch. My dad did the pack. He would get them. Yeah. My dad smoked Salem lights. I came up hot in the era of points, of cigarette Salem lights were his cigarette? Oh, yeah. Salem's, man. That's a, I think that's an African American cigarette. That's a menthol cigarette. cigarette. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, he yeah. smoked menthol. So, cools and true. My mom used to smoke true. I think that was my dad's introduction to black people. Was, they bonded was over Salem's? Smoked menthol cigarettes. Also, my dad was kind of like a psychopath. He was a little full bore, and I think black people appreciate that. Yeah, because it seems authentic or something. Or, or... It's just fun. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. I think black people look at white people as very uptight copish people yeah and my dad is not that (laughs) he's not that 
<laughs> like he would say, some of his best friends are N-words. You know, I tell you something. <laughs> some of my best friends. <laughs> How's he doing? How's your father? He's doing? good. You know yeah. what? He's really, it's funny how, what he went through. So he had a, sh- a bunch of strokes, but boy, did it just immediately, he looked good for his age the whole time. He or even if it even if he look he looked according like you're like yeah, yeah you look forty eight you look forty nine yeah, yeah yeah but boy once he had that stroke all those years fucking hit him hard he looks he's like and now he looks older than he is wow yeah man like if you looked at him you would probably be like he's what is he like sixty eight yeah but yeah. he's he might even he's that's outside of ten years yep. we just got to get him to sixty five. If you get to 65, you the chances that you'll live until 90 go up to 97%. That's the <laughs> threshold. Pen, I heard that from Penn Jillette, That how, how old is your father? So he was born in 1960. So God, that's he's it's, nine years older than me. Yeah. So he's 60? 60. Yep. Turned 60 this year. Wow. And he hates his birthday because my mom asked for a divorce on his birthday. Ooh, man. It's that's tough. a... It's tough. That's a... Oh, that's yeah. tough. You, that lets you know how mean he was when he was drunk, though. Ooh. Yeah, you're doing it on his birthday. Yeah, when you it, have it, that kind of retribution, like that's when you know, like, man, what did I call her? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. When that, I was that, hammered. That, that that's very much like I'm planning this out, and uh, you're going to remember this for the rest of your life. I think the way he describes it <clears throat> is it was in the cards for a while. Well, of course, she just asked she made it official like i think on his birthday he probably got shit housed yep and then she was like okay i want a divorce uh she also cheated on him which was a double stab in the back i yep. think she's come to regret that i think yeah. he's come to regret how he treated her to cause her to cheat and ask for a divorce on his yeah. birthday yeah. and i think she realizes now that she could have just backed out immediately yeah like my parents it's the way my mom explained it once i got older she told me her side because growing up i just heard my dad get hammered and be like about how she was a skank and cheated and like that my stepdad was an old fossil which him making fun of my stepdad i loved i was on board (laughs) with that great interesting yeah you know one time we were out at dinner with my stepdad and my mom and my dad used to call jerry my stepdad the fossil because he was way older. He was 18 years older than my mom. So he just called him the fossil. And we were eating one time and he goes, yeah, because I'm the fossil, right? And I didn't know he knew about that. And it felt like I got hit with a fucking brick in the chest. Oh, yeah. Where I, and then I was just like, oh, I don't know what you're talking. Like, I played it off. And he's yeah. just like, I know. Yeah. Yeah. But so yeah. What was your mom's side? I'm curious. She said she met my dad at a party when she was 17. He was funny and nice. And I think a looker at the time is 70s, as hot as 70s could be. A nice long mustache <laughs> looking like fucking Yosemite Sam on the block. <laughs> so she took a fucking shine to him. Yeah. And he knocked her up when she was 17. And my mom is old school Mexican. So when she showed up at her house pregnant, my grandma was like, well, you're marrying this guy. Yeah. Like you, wow. you, he got you pregnant. That's yep. your, that's your husband. Yep. Now. Absolutely. Yep. So it was never going to last. Yep. So she gets married and it's like, my dad's a good dude when he's not drinking. My dad is the best 
Yeah. And then when he's drinking, at best he's annoying. <laughs> at best he's annoying. Yeah, <laughs> that's your best hope. Ooh. So another a bad personality comes out when he drinks. He just gets bitter and yeah. and he's a funny guy. And when he gets drunk, he knows it and he embellishes it. And then when you don't laugh at stuff that he Ugh. thinks is funny, he gets mad. Ugh. It would I, the way I would explain it to people is he starts telling you that you're calling him an asshole. And then it devolves so much that you get so annoyed and you eventually do just call him an asshole. Yeah. yeah. And then he's one. And then yeah. he can say whatever the fuck he wants. God, what a, yeah. What a weird. So uh, it was yeah. just six years of that. I Ugh. think they were married for like six years. Yeah. It was just six years of that. Yep. So she and then a big thing of his. He was jealous. And I think he'll even admit this now. He was very much. And this is just Paisel white suburban bullshit of like that's your wife she is friends with your friends and if she has friends you need to know them so my mom she, i mean yeah. you met her at a party like she's a random girl who hooks up with a dude at a party yeah yeah like so she had dude friends and he would be like what are you fucking him Ooh, you fuck God. like she wouldn't let him have guy her have guy friends Ooh. so it was just one of those things of like you call me a horse so much Ooh, yeah. i'll just actually cheat on you yeah yeah. And my stepdad at the time, I think because he was the, a cop and he probably, he might've even been X at that point, but he was like, you know, he had a decent job. I think she just saw security. Like this is someone, you know, I could, he has a good job. I could have yeah. my kids. I could leave my kids at his apartment yeah. while, I, while I go. Yeah, exactly. Another big thing is my mom wanted to go to college and my dad didn't wanted no part of that. Ooh, man. He, he yeah. and it was like, what do you, uh, you know, you're going to go to college so you can just meet some guy. Yeah. He wanted her yeah. to like, uh, she cuts hair good. He wanted her to like cut hair in the basement like cut the people's hair around town be like the white trash neighbor yeah who cuts hair which we had that was oh, jackie I, I, that was yeah. jackie's job in my Salt mom Village. was that for me my mom had a year of cosmetology well school, jackie so did the hair. whole town yeah. you'd go to jackie's house you'd go through her back door and she had like this offshoot and she'd cut your hair for uh, like five bucks or something or ten bucks or yeah, yeah i don't know my she, parents yeah. would pay yeah a, a, a white trash amount and then there was also ken silvershears i went to ken silvershears <laughs> that was the main guy <laughs> he would kind of rip your hair he was so fast he kind of would like rip hair out yeah like you know you're getting a good haircut when it kind of hurts when you're just like oh fuck yeah <laughs> like there's no option to it you're just getting it the best haircut i've ever had the best part i haven't been able to find a place out here they're, they're open sporadically now my hair is long that's fine uh, but it's uh, was Chicago Mail uh, in Boys Town. That's the best place I've ever got my haircut. That's the truth. It's expensive. I think you told me but that. But it's good. I don't give a shit. It's good. I, I like it. They do a good job. You know, they do a solid job. You know, I, I always like the haircut I got over there <laughs> at uh, at Chicago Mail. Going to my. It was like forty bucks later, but it would last. You know, a good haircut for like two months. You know, it's like it's worth it. Yeah. So I just think my mom. It was just, she wasn't ready to be married. Yeah. And my grandma is from fucking Southern Texas, like yeah. Native American Mexican, yep. just hardcore old school. Yep. And just doomed her. Are we Are we going to watch the- Yeah, uh, I'm pulling that coming up. Coming to I'm America. Pulling that up what, what is this actually? This, this is, is probably kid This is play. urban thing. This is urban thing. This is probably theme. fucking yeah, house is. party. It is like house party. <laughs> Class act. That's wow. what the was on before this. Wow. Okay. God, look at that! That it's kidding. It's house party, but with fucking different, a slightly different plot. They had a freaking career, man. They were big. So we're gonna watch the the 
Tommy Davidson. This is unsold. This is the unsold pilot. No one bought this, which is Uh, big. That's amazing. They were giving hundreds of thousands of dollars to people. Oh, absolutely. At one point to just produce shit. Absolutely. And they couldn't even sell this. It's amazing. A movie that was a... This is coming to America as a TV show. Tommy Davidson, not as even Prince Akeem. It'd be one thing if you're just like, it's the movie characters after the movie. I'd watch that. Perfect. That's perfect strangers, but with black people. Robin Young. Black Belky. Blacky. This is what OAN looks like right now. Amer- yeah. One American News looks this way now. This is like the uh, the quality Their of the production. retro look. God, it's so fucking bad. Square pegs. That was a big shot. Look at Sarah Jessica Parker. I have to switch the audio. Square pegs now. was big. Like, I remember certain cool kids. Oh, I remember this. The special. I remember that being, ooh, a special Hi, presentation. I'm Prince Harry, royal prince of the moon. And I know it's Buddha, but usually, royalty only gets grounded, not exiled. I was only trying to make things more interesting. This sounds like a serial commercial. Yeah, yeah, can you... <laughs> it's such bad audio. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the high... Yeah, I was going to say, the higher it goes, I think the worse it is. <laughs> it's like, it's literally, it's just Fraggle Rock? <laughs> Zamunda, that's when you know they couldn't, they were stuck with Zamunda because coming up with another country would just add to the racism. Yeah. <laughs> so they were stuck with Zamunda. <laughs> that's what's it. So again, fish out of water comedy. Eight, I think he said his eight Omas. That's a young Tommy Davidson right there. Hey, look at that 80s music. But but this almost sounds like... Yeah. It's still got some 70s in it, which is hilarious. Now we've entered a different show. Yeah. This is not even the same show. Also, I watched a second of this. This is classic 80s, 90s. This show takes place in one apartment. Yeah, exactly. 227. I don't know if I'm going to... Yeah, it might as well be... (laughs) I just don't think my brother sending me to New York was a good idea. You are the royal prince of Zamunda. He's from the movie. You will make it here. And if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. That's the joke. That's the joke. God bless laugh tracks. Irresponsible. Well, because Tommy Davidson was on Living Color, right? For oh, yeah. Time. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. coming off. They actually mentioned that, that he was absolutely yeah, coming uh, off Living uh, Pat, Color. I think Pat Bryce worked with him at the Improv in uh, like an 05 in, uh, in, in, in Woodland Hall. Good guy? The hills. Lunatic. Lunatic? Lunatic. This was 05? Yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. I, 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 he I'm was telling, telling you. I mean, he said, I'll just get back in the... He came up to him. I was like, you know, he said when his career was kind of low, but he, he's like, I'll get back into the stream. And he started doing a backstroke. Like he was swimming motions in front of him. crack. I mean, well, I, I just... I, yeah, I think he kind of, was kind of a lunatic, you know? I mean, uh, what's he? Uh, I mean, what's he up to? Was he able to save some of his cash? I mean, I probably made a little he bit of money. To. He has to. I hope he Anybody did. who does drugs like that and hasn't been like on television... <laughs> I just assume like, okay, you know, you, you got that, you know, that movie Parenthood did make a lot of people a lot of money. You know, maybe you just invested it. Remember the movie Parenthood? Oh yeah. I went to on a date with Jamie Stout to that. Oh, you probably thought you were picking up so much culture. Nah, man. You know, 
I don't know. I never really connected with her. She was like, these people. It was weird. You're taking me to a black movie? <laughs> no, I'm talking about the parent movie with Steve Martin. <laughs> yeah, there was a black TV show with with a black family. Wow. Look at that jacket. You know Joaquin Phoenix was on the TV show Paranoid? Oh, in the movie. He was in the movie. Oh, yeah. that He was, in the movie. He was Leaf Phoenix. Yep. That's what he used to be, Leaf. Still had that cleft, though. Yep, That absolutely. palette was still uncleft. You have wasted almost our entire month's allowance for nonsense. Two and three movies a day? Silly clothes? Hockey games? It's so basically, they're spending the first, what? Three minutes of this show just setting up tropes from the movie, which, to my knowledge, had just come out. Uh, yeah. When when did this come out? Yeah. When did this? Uh... I think this was 89. Let's yeah, yeah, see. Yeah, let's see. It, it has to say in the. Yeah, it's got to. They mentioned that it was an unsold pilot several times. Um, what year is it? I, I, it's got to be very late 80s. Let's see. Because, yeah, this is not early mid 80s. Look at the Betamax, huh? There we go. Yeah, I want to see the pilot. Yeah, because America show. When I see stuff like this, I say to myself, "What we have is crap." No, (laughs) like I wonder if what I wrote will be perceived in the same way. Uh, That's the movie. Well, yeah, you got to go to here. Eighty-nine, July fourth, eighty-nine. Wow! It was finally televised. Wow! Part of wow. CBS Summer Playhouse. Oh yeah, they have that. That's like the summer would be a time. Let's see how this Tim goes. Reed and Daphne Maxwell hosted it. That was back when you hosted an hour block of television. What well, was a, it? Was a special? Kung Fu: The Next Generation. I remember that show. Wow, they were still trying to get that. Get that so cover. this is basically they aired pilots. Well, this is eighty-seven. But what, what I'm the gist I'm getting from this whole summer playhouse oh, 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 is they aired pilot. Yeah, it yeah, aired exactly. unsold television pilots. And then we just see, okay, what hits? What got decent Kung ratings? Because The Next Generation became a got show. Got picked up. Got picked up. Yeah. The Saint in Manhattan. What's going on here? <laughs> For an Australian film. What the fuck? Based on The Saint starring Andrew Clark. Oh, wow. Well, The Saint was that show with Roger Moore. Look at too. they they took a British show and just added in Manhattan. Well, exactly that happens all the time, man. All those all those English. I mean, Archie Bunker. You know, nothing all the else family, got picked that, up. That, that, because that was like a British show. It's not. It doesn't have a Wikipedia page. So everything else was rubbish. Wow, they this was on summer for fucking of eighty nine. What, what was this fucking summer playhouse? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, the actual. Okay, yeah, the showcase. Okay, yeah. I I was living in D.C. this summer. Working at Common Cause. I, that, I look back on that time period of my life being one of my funnest summers I ever had in my life. Like in, when I was 20 years old, my, my cousin lived in D.C. Well, yeah, because you finally were able to go back to D.C. Well, I, I, lived, I lived with my father, and then I just... Did you have that vibe of just like, I should have fucking grew up here? Um, Yes. Yes, I had that vibe. Yes. I mean, it was... I'm you know, so angry, man. Yeah, I, I was. I was pretty... I grew this rat tail... Cause I hate you, Dad. <laughs> no, not not. Uh, it's because my mom moved to move. We moved to Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Yeah, but she was following the money, dude. Oh yeah, she yeah, yeah. What money he had? What a, what a fucking <laughs> joke that was. God, it's it's crazy. It's because he had degrees next to his name. He must be smart. Yeah. So what if he's had an Crow, education? He's an he emotional probably, clown. Crow, you know he probably had a 
fucking big old degree in those pants too. You know I, I, what I'm I don't saying? know about that, man. It, it, it was a weird situation. Uh, you know, he was a Jewish you know, I guy. I heard my mom banging my stepdad one time, and it took me two years to realize that it was them banging. Really? It was really kind of traumatizing. I woke up in the middle of the night. I don't know if them fucking woke me up or it was just <laughs> chance, but I was just like, what is happening in there? It was just like alternate breathing. They were both making noises, my yeah. step, which my stepdad is loud. I hate guys who are loud. Loud and sex. I'm not a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Shut up. This isn't about you. you know, my thing is I get religious. That's what I mean. Oh, God. Jesus. <laughs> my Lord. Oh, my God. I get religious when I, when I, when I have my man release. That's oh, what God. I, damn. Jesus. Ooh, oh, my Sal. God. Oh, God. <laughs> you become Ray Lewis <laughs> when you fuck. You know, ooh, ooh, ah. All right. We've introduced a female character. Here we go. This pizza of yours has a delectable taste. My mouth barely waters at the thought of savoring those delicious That dude flavors. on the left has been a big-time character actor. Dude, that is Uncle Phil before Uncle Phil. Yeah. If oh, there from, ever uh, was from, one. For, what was from he in Fresh Prince Fresh of Prince? Bel-Air? Exactly, yeah. I remember him being in Star Trek Next Generation episodes. This guy? Yeah, absolutely. Playing like admirals, like positions, men of authority, you know? I'm telling you right now, I like that jacket. That's something you see a Clark Jones or a Will Miles wearing oh, today. Man. That whole like going uh, back to like the eighties were dude, not good. I'm, there is a large group of my black friends who dress like early career Spike Lee it, it, right now it, it, because it's a hip retro thing to do. Or High something. fade, yeah, you know. Just, uh, that I tell you what, that was a look though, man. Absolutely. I mean, that was really a well. If you think about it, when I think about my generation, it, it's the first post civil rights movie generation. Wearing so, so, a Cooley High graphic tee. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, Which, but. I'm indifferent on the movie Cooley High. I like it because it has Freddie Boom Boom Washington in it as a regular guy from fucking... Welcome uh, Back, Cotter. Welcome Back, Cotter. I liked that movie when but I was a kid because it talked about basketball. Like, yeah. Any sports movie I liked and automatically. It, but aside from the vision, like the visuals of like hood Chicago, yeah. I've seen too many... Mo- I saw kids, bro. Yeah. You can't show me kids. Yeah. And then show me Cooley High. I remember seeing kids in the theater. I, I still want to see it. I, is it on HBO or something? I, I, I've got free HBO. So you know what I've been watching? Dude. You know what I've been watching? Towering Inferno. Hell yeah. I can go to Plex. <laughs> Let me tell you about Plex. I've just this, There's this app called Plex. Is, is that tell us? I guess that was a comedy. It was a comedic scene. I want to go. Now, how does that end? Yeah. I want to see how that ends. Like, what, yeah. Why is it? That was a long pose right there. I felt long. Yeah. If one gets things they want. By earning money, then I will work to earn money. You? <laughs> See, they flipped it. In the movie, he was like a studious, hard yeah, worker. In yeah. this one, they make it seem like, oh, you're so dumb and foreign. Yeah, and you're lazy. Or work? You know, cause, cause you're, you're so because you're so rich and, and you're, foreign. Yeah, and you're spoiled. <laughs> wow. Is it the diner there? Yep. At the diner. At the all-black diner. It could be an all-black diner. <laughs> it looks like the peach pit. Hey, hey. Of course he's studying. I am just fattened in America. Of course I am upset. Yeah. He's my responsibility. 
it's more his they show. They keep hamming he's the it up. He's well, the comedic guy. Well, they keep hammering the plot. Of course I'm upset. He's my responsibility in this wild city. Yeah. Hakeem from Africa. Oh, uh, th- like those jackets? Those jackets. Those rule, dude. That's like a USA oh, fucking soccer God. jacket. That, that, when someone if wore Seabra- that in the late 80s, you were immediately mocked. I want eyes. to wear that, but I'm not cool or black. <laughs> I would be roasted so hard. I'll look at him doing a Michael Jackson impression. I mean, it's like I wonder what Eddie Murphy thought when he saw this. It's like you're kind of taking they my probably, idea. Part of like, why they didn't sell it if is they were like Eddie Murphy will come here and, and kick us, suge night us off buildings so hard. Suge night, suge night dangled fucking vanilla ice off a balcony. Yeah, he's not, I mean, yeah, yeah. What a uh, I, I admit it. You said what was the documentary? The he Tupac, killed Tupac documentary. He killed Tupac. I mean, he at least ordered the hit. If you look at if you look at Suge Knight, I mean, he is a tough man. Dude. I think he was a backup D tackle for the University of Maryland, so he played some. He played D one college football. There's you know? a line in the. Do you remember the Machiavelli album when Tupac rebranded as Machiavelli for a year? I think so, yeah. And everybody says that that's dead Tupac. Like that's like him foreshadowed whatever. That's like where the conspiracy started. Yeah. But there's a little track at the beginning of a Machiavelli song, and if you listen. Real quick, you hear real quick. Shook shot him. It was well, the first time someone yeah. played it for me. I got chills down my back because they set it up like a horror movie. Yeah, like they went back over the whole beef, <clears throat> the whole death of Tupac, and like the whole <clears throat> like making of the Mach- Machiavelli album. Yeah, and then he was like, "Listen close." Like we had to listen to it a couple times. Maybe he fucking pilled me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. What? So I know he was shot in Vegas. Tupac was. And then and they it's never all confusing. Yeah. It, the reality of the situation was that they were gang members and that gang members get murdered sometimes. Yeah. And you can try and figure out why or who did it, but it happened because they were gang members. Wasn't there some fight that had occurred too because they were at a Mike Tyson fight? Well, they were at a Mike Tyson and, and fight then, and they were at a casino. That might have been the was that Tupac or B.I.G.? No, I think that was Tupac actually. Yeah. And it was like a melee. Like it was not Dude, it was like 15 or 20 Tupac people being were involved on life in support something. support was a harrowing two days. I remember watching Singled Out on MTV. Yeah. With Chris Hardwick and Jenny McCarthy. It might have even been the Carmen Electra that, years yeah. because Carmen Electra came in in season 3 or yeah. whatever the fuck. Yeah. That show was big. Um that's when you know you're going to have a hard road in show business when the co-host becomes more famous than you. <laughs> Jenny McCarthy just rocketed up out of singled out. Yep, absolutely. But I remember they had a running scroll on the bottom about Tupac's fucking well-being. He was on, he was wow. on life support for like two days. Yeah. And I remember it said he's dead. Like I remember when they announced that he died. Yeah. And it was it was big. Absolutely. I remember Tupac. I lived out here. But then like people try and say that like Suge Knight iced him out because there was some contract dispute coming up. He was about to switch record labels or some uh, yeah. shit. Yeah. And there was some song rights thing where like Suge would have lost a lot of money if he was like left and but then like also that he needed him dead though. Yeah. To like get the money. Like there's yeah. weird that's where it starts getting unbelievable. Where yeah. I'm like, these are just gangbangers that started a record label. Yeah. Like, there's not this big <laughs> thought process yeah. behind it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, and, and, and you know, drug sales have been used to finance record companies. Yes, more than once. It's so simple. More than once, gangbangers you know? started a business. Yep. 
And then more gangbangers became employees of that business. Yep, yep. And then people got oh, shot. Split his pants because uh, he's a fat guy. This is, this is their working day. Dude. This is their working day. And then Bill Cosby came in and was like, here's a different world. <laughs> different world ruled. Different world introduced the sunglass flip. Absolutely. Thing. Absolutely. That was always so cool. Yep. That was... Uh... Different world was it was probably eighty eight when it was a spinoff. I think We've got ten more minutes. You want to hang for the last ten, or do you want to just fast forward Let, to the end? Yeah, let's get to the end. This is uh, he's know. serving burgers now. Here we, oh, oh, I think here's where he gets knocked over with, with an order of fries. I think. <laughs> uh, oh, they're doing the oh, they're doing the. You know they're doing oh. Zamundan native dancing. Is oh. he going to split his pants again? Oh God, this is just bad. And then that Giants logo was very late 80s. Queens College. Just every black reference in one scene. I, I think this is, yeah, this is uh, aimed for an urban crowd. Oh, yeah. This is <laughs> well, this is aimed for an urban crowd, but if they were like Sesame Street puppets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah let's go to the end. Go to the last two minutes. So is he like the John Amos character? You know what? I think that's what they had to change. And like, why couldn't at the end of the movie, he like, he's rich. Why aren't they just like, I get that you have to pretend to be American, but why not? Oh yeah. Because in this version, they sent him like on an excursion. He didn't escape in uh, the movie. He escaped. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And in this one, they send it. They need to domesticate him like a cat. <laughs> So they send him to the United States of America. Is it? Is that, that's what he is. And, uh, you know, I love America, but I think Scott Steiner said it best. This is what, in the late 80s, the Mets were the hot team. It wouldn't have been a Yankees job. Well, yeah, because you got Daryl Strawberry doing lines off fucking Louisville <laughs> Sluggers. Uh, that team, I guess that team partied hard. Anybody, you got a guy nicknamed Doc. I'm up. You're, you got me. <laughs> what a shame. If Doc Gooden wouldn't have gotten fucked up, uh, he was going to be a, just a great pitcher. He still was good. Oh, he still had a good career, but it was like he was going to be like like Bob. Gibson. I hate when people get upset about no longevity. Like, can't you just be happy that he was dominant for what like six years or whatever? I tell you what, he pitched until the ninety, like yeah. late nineties. He, he, I think he played. Daryl Strawberry is still playing in Cuba somewhere. <laughs> he has. I think he was to. playing for the St. Paul Saints, that team uh, in the Northwest League or whatever it's called. Straw needs the money. You know. Oh, I, I oh, man, his story is. Uh, I saw that uh, Judd Apatow produced, uh, you know, uh, Mets. Uh, yeah, the Thirty for Thirty. Yeah, it was pretty good. But oh, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy was executive, executive producer. producer again, dude. Run wow. amok. Wow. Eddie Murphy run amok. Well, I didn't know he was the producer. They didn't pick up. They knew it was crap. Wow. He's you know he's trying to put his look foot. at that. That's the Stevie Wonder. Well, yeah, but, but it, he gave him full license to, yeah, just to do, do that. Just do to it. just be Eddie Murphy. Yeah, okay, you can do that. That you looks know? like a young Stevie Wonder actor, and it looks like a young Eddie Murphy. Even though, yeah. it's, but it's really a young Tommy Davidson. Yeah, this looks like a young Louis Anderson right wow. here. Wow, got a young. Jo- I didn't realize he got a young that. Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, right wow. here. Yeah, this whole business is pretty crazy. You know, that's a racist thing. Have you ever heard that? What? When uh, a lot of hipsters in Chicago would say, like, oh, you live in a Canadian neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Calling someone a Canadian. And they a, mean racist term. blacks. Yep. Canadians. All right. I've heard that before. <clears throat> well, <laughs> you ready to wind this fucker down? Yeah. What, what about, uh, uh, do we want to talk about the Minnesota Vikings-Chicago Bear game at all? <laughs> 
I mean, we did. We we talked about how bad the offense is. That's all yeah. that needs to be said. It well, was a very outside of that. That's when you know how bad it is that the event of the game was how bad the Bears offense was. Yeah. It was the fact that it the story should have been it was Kirk Cousins' first win on Monday Night Football in whatever, 27 years. <laughs> yeah, he blows. Ever. You know, he, he's and, just a mediocre quarterback. And instead it was just like it's impressive how bad the Bears are. It's like they... You can try and not move the ball and still move the ball. <laughs> they are ineffective on offense. Yeah, it's you can just tell too. Their confidence is completely shot. They have zero confidence. Uh, you know, Vikings have a very young defense. They only have three starters from their defense from last year playing. You know, and so but 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 uh, Zimmer is a decent defensive coach, so he's actually got them playing a little better. But their you know, their special teams are. Garbage. I'm gonna go out on a night. Garbage. We're gonna go out. We're gonna fade out on a 1994 baseball game here. Look at I'm that. gonna fade this out. The leadoff man. God. Oh, you know. So yeah. So yeah. Like, subscribe to the show. Follow Crow on social media if you can. I, I, that would be great. You know. <laughs> at Insecure Comic. L- look at Stone. Stony looks good there. He does look great. He's still young. I am Keith Pazel on all social media. K e i t h p a e s e l. Uh, look at this. They're going right. I love the. This is what happened in the last two games leading up yep, to this. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, like, uh, subscribe, click the bell right below here to get notified whenever we do episodes. Uh, thanks to all the people who have been viewing. I'm going to try and put more clips out is every day. Is this the Expos are playing? Hell yeah, the Washington Nationals. Yeah, is this? Yeah, it's Larry Walker. Yeah, th- those Montreal uniforms were great. I actually thought about buying one of those and wearing them around. Like, I was going to do that in the, mi- in, in the mid-90s. I wanted to buy a Montreal Expos jersey and wear it around. All right. Well, see you next week, guys. Yes. I I really did. Delano DeShields, they were good. Yeah, man. Good job.